0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The
1: horseshoe is back, baby.
2: The horseshoe is back. What is going on Colts Nation and welcome back to Bring the Juice. Week number two for the Indianapolis Colts after a week one loss at the hands of the Seattle Seahawks. The Colts stay in the NFC. They stay in the same division actually. They host the Los Angeles Rams, the 1-0 Los Angeles Rams. And so we thought no better guest to bring on than somebody who, just like us, covers the team pretty hardcore. Trent from Rams Talk YouTube channel out there. Trent, how you doing, man? How you feeling week one Rams one to know how you doing?
3: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you very much for reaching out and, and uh, letting me join you guys just talking football and talking this week's matchup, but I'm overall feeling, feeling really good about this, uh, this year's Rams team and, and, uh, just can't wait for Sunday.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys. I mean, Cody said it. Uh, you guys are obviously one to zero. Start out the season on the right note. Uh, the Colts obviously couldn't do that, but we hope to try to get back on track. Overall, like so far from what you saw, I know it's a small sample size, but how do you feel about this team going on uh, from what you just saw in Week One? I mean, I'm 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 writing.
3: A, I'm euphoric, to be honest, because uh, you know with with Week One. You know, last week, no one really knows how their teams are going to perform, especially with new players. You guys have Wentz, new QB. How's that going to work out? We have Stafford, new QB. How's that really going to work out? So, you know, always a lot of player movement in the offseason. So when you go to week one, everyone is optimistic, but there's just everything is uncertain. So the way with the way things played out, especially, you know, the Bears defense is no slouch um, and the just how the Rams looked was um, was really electric, uh, and coming off of a quarterback like Jared Goff, who I'm not going to speak ill about because I think all Rams fans generally like Jared Goff, but we realize his limitations. And and seeing what Matt Stafford brought, the different dynamic he brought, um, the long explosive, yeah, I mean, plays that first bomb he had, I mean, that just in SoFi Stadium. It just was – it it was a good – very good start to a promising year.
2: Awesome. Yeah, and before we kind of dive into this, we could talk about some of the injury reports coming out. Um, The Colts obviously a little bit more banged up than the Rams, at least right now. And I don't know what it is, man, about this year with the Colts, but they just cannot get past the injuries. seems like it's becoming a a big trend with this team. Um, They've got a lot of guys that, you know, are either limited or did not practice – some notable guys, Darius Leonard with the ankle. He also is dealing with a sickness today. Uh, Quentin Nelson's dealing with a foot and back injury that it feels like he's been dealing with forever. He didn't practice. Xavier Rhodes dealing with the calf, did not practice. Braden Smith dealing with a foot that he developed after the loss. He didn't practice as well. Some guys that were limited, though, Eric Fisher with the Achilles, Kamoko Ture with the groin, Quidi Pei dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, I know he didn't practice today al Muhammad also dealing with an, with an injury. And then really for the Rams, there really wasn't a whole lot of guys um, of note. I mean, Alshon Robinson with the knee, and then uh, Sebastian Joseph Day were the only guys that didn't practice that weren't rest days. So the Rams seem like they're a pretty healthy team. What have you seen from this injury report? Is there any guys that you're maybe concerned who aren't going to potentially play this week? No. I, I, I mean, the the Alshon – or sorry, the
3: A'shaan, uh Robinson thing, That's it's limited – and so I, you know, when, it, when anytime something is limited, you, you feel, you know, fairly optimistic about it. Um, but when someone hasn't practiced all week uh, at all, um, that's where, that's where it kind of gets tricky. And usually and a- Aaron Donald and Andrew Whitworth always get rest days. There are a couple guys on the team that they always kind of manage. So they get rest days, but it, you don't really read anything into it. So I think for the most part, Rams are coming in pretty healthy and I guess I flip it back to you. I think out of those guys that you mentioned for the Colts, which ones do you feel are, are less likely to play um, like Rhodes or um, uh, I was trying to try to remember. So D- Leonard, um, how do you, how are you feeling about your injury report?
4: Well, I yeah. mean, I, I think Nelson is more precautionary than anything. Uh, he was having some, Back flare-ups to start last week, also, and he played in that game regardless. So I think they're more just keeping an eye out for that. Uh Leonard, I I I think he's going to play. Uh, haven't heard anything drastic on why he wouldn't. I think again, just probably dealing with some ankle soreness. Uh Rhodes, I don't know if he's gonna play or not. I mean, he we expected him to play last week and he didn't and apparently the Colts were saying that this calf injury was worse than what they originally thought it was, so guessing he's going to be out. And my best guess is Braden Smith doesn't play at right tackle for the Colts this uh, Sunday, which will absolutely suck because not only will you have potentially Eric Fisher not playing, and even if he does, it would be his first first game of the season, first time he'd be seeing any kind of live reps at all this season, then you would just be missing your right tackle, who you just paid a lot of money to play. So, I mean, the Colts are in a very, very bad uh, situation right now when it comes to the injury front.
2: Yeah, it's almost comical at this point. Like, it seems like every time you get a guy, another guy healthy, somebody goes out. Yeah. And it's just like, what is the deal here, guys? Like, something has to change. This is just getting absolutely ridiculous at this point. We're in week two, guys, and we're already having all these injury, injury reports coming out. And guys already missing. It's like, how did we not have this coming? Some of the things just kind of happened, but it's just wild to me, all the injuries the Colts have and getting ridiculous at this point. But you know what? Um, I guess we'll have to see what happens with some of these guys. Hopefully a few of these guys, these key players, could get back to practice tomorrow on Friday and then, you know are ready to go, but yeah, it's just not a pretty injury report for the Colts right now. it's it's kind of disappointing, honestly with how, how we know how high the team's expectations were this year and to just get off to this poor start already um you know with the Seahawks loss everybody the units didn't play well and and now to just have in it, seriously adding insult to injury almost it, it's just insane to me that this keeps happening.
3: Yeah. Do you guys, do they play a lot of the cold starters in the preseason at all? Or do they pretty much rest all the first, like the, you know, the Darius Leonard's and the Quentin, I mean, I know Quentin Nelson didn't play because of injuries, but like most of the other guys, Darius Leonard, do they, do they usually play in the preseason at all?
2: Um, Maybe a few series, but nothing like insane. Like I think it's pretty regular around the league. So it's just jarring that this stuff keeps happening to our best players too. Like it's not like, you know, reserve defensive linemen or something like that, like this would be the equivalent of some of your guys' best players, you know, the Aaron Donalds, those type of players yeah. getting injured and just like out of nowhere just like why does this keep happening? He gets back, another guy goes out or it is on the injury report. It's just – it just gets ridiculous. And it gets – honestly, it gets draining after a while. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, though, uh, you know, with uh, Fisher and Rhodes, like those guys, you know, if they didn't play this week, then most likely they'd be back the following week. Or if they play this week, they're limited. Like they're hopefully coming back. You know what I mean? They're not guys that are just dropping off now, um, you know, like uh, Leonard or uh, Braden Smith. So um, now what do you think about your offensive line? You know, I I know that, you know, Nelson's banged up. Smith probably won't play. Fisher is 50-50 um i know that was a strength like when i whenever i thought of the colts i thought oh man their offensive line their defense the running game you know qb a little questionable but like the offensive line was the the, the stall war
4: <laughs> yeah uh we we've definitely had a heyday you know over that whole thing so We've, we've kind of talked about it numerous times now. I try not to talk about it much anymore because we said our piece about it, but they were they were just god-awful last week. And, you know, with the injuries, they keep piling up right now. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. And And then on top of it, you know, we're about to face a very solid defensive line, one of the better defensive lines in all of football, and now your right tackle may not be able to play. Your left guard is, you know, dealing with injuries and your left tackle may or may not play. So, you know, I, I, I have no idea. I, I, I am scared for Carson Wentz's life, to be honest, on Sunday.
2: At least that's just me. Yeah, You're gonna be both yeah I think
4: Aaron Donald, I, you know, if, if the,
3: if the two tackles aren't, aren't playing, then When I saw this game on the schedule, when the schedules first came out, I thought instantly Aaron Donald versus Quentin Nelson. I thought this is going to be like the matchup to watch, you know, just best going on best. But if those two tackles don't play, I I really don't see the Rams putting Aaron Donald anywhere near Quentin Nelson and having him attack some of these other softer spots. Um, So that'll be really interesting to see how the injuries affect where they line Aaron Donald up.
2: Yeah, yeah. It seriously will, man. And yeah, this offensive line, it's, it was so, I think we, we have all, and everybody has those high expectations for that offensive line. So it was absolutely jarring and embarrassing that they allowed 14 hits on Carson Wentz last week. I mean, that is not their game. Like, that is not what they're about. I mean, and pretty much everybody was relatively healthy. So it was very odd that that happened. And, And, you know, it's not like this was against, you know, you guys, it was against the Seahawks, who aren't, They have a decent defensive line, but it's not like, you know, oh my gosh, look, they have studs everywhere, you know? Um, So I am freaking terrified, honestly, um, of trying to go against your guys' defensive line with our tackles, even if they play not 100%. It's scary, man, because like Carson Wentz, I thought all things considered, getting sacked four times, hit 14 times, I thought he played pretty well. I mean, he was the biggest concern, right? We had a lot of concerns and questions on Carson Wentz, and, and he was like the one that I had the least concerns about after week one. So it's just very weird that this is happening. Um, and, you know, hopefully, like I said, these guys get back to being at least limited tomorrow. So we have a little bit more hope that, you know, they, they might both play. And if they do, then I'll feel a little bit better. But still, I mean, even if these guys were 100%, I was still, like, nervous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, totally. I mean, so yeah, when you we talked about Carson Wentz, he was one of the best players on our team uh, last Sunday, and you know he was the biggest question mark, and now he's actually the least questioned uh, player on the offense right now when it comes to ever all things considered. So, you know, he had 251 yards against Seattle, uh, had a couple runs to uh, for scrambles as well, had a 66 completion percentage as well. So you know, overall was very efficient, but he never really had a lot of those big plays. And obviously that was a lot of that had to do with the offensive line and some of the other skill position players really not doing their job as much. But I mean, overall, what's your perception on what you saw from Carson Wentz week one and how he can attack this Rams defense in a way?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I was, I'm like you guys, I was I want not say like surprised, but I mean, I felt like he 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 did all right. And you know, I know for you, for Colts fans, probably going into the season, that was your number one question mark: is are you going to get like clap, like good Carson Wentz or are you going to get meltdown Carson Wentz? Right, and I think you kind of you got something in between, right? Like he didn't he didn't hurt you guys, right? And last year, the Rams played the Eagles. I think it was the second game of the year, second or third game of the year. And the, the Rams, you know, they picked them off, I think maybe twice and they, because they really studied the tape and they knew kind of what he, he was going to do and uh, they jumped routes and, and they knew what to, what was going on. And I think the interesting thing coming into this matchup is, is how much of like old Carson Wentz can they project and how much of it is like the Frank Reich uh, version, you know, like with the offense and what they're doing differently in Indy. So Um, The Rams defense for the most part is uh, basically, they don't allow big plays, big passing plays. So I think this is going to be, Wentz is going to be kind of what Andy Dalton was in a sense of just dumping it off. And I think this is going to be another game of Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor catching a lot of balls. I think it's going to be a lot of short and intermediate passes by Carson Wentz. And so I think, you know, no matter who wins this game Carson Wentz will probably have similar numbers to what he had against the Seahawks you know like not going to throw for you know 400 yards um but i think he could still complete a lot of passes and so i think it's really just up to Carson Wentz and not turning the ball over and the rams defense pretty much dares teams to take a shot in in um you know like throw it deeper or kind of uh, let them let their patience wear out and try and do something that they shouldn't do. So they're they're all like, okay, do your thirteen play drive, fine, but you're not going to have like what Seattle did, like a a four play drive, you know. So I think it's going to be up to Carson Wentz to just dink and dunk his way all in in the Colts of dink and dunk because the explosive plays
4: really don't happen with the Rams. Yeah, Lord knows we didn't have a lot of those.
2: We didn't have a lot of those uh, last week against Seattle, right, Cody? Yeah. Oh my goodness, it was it was embar- It was frustrating because you're like, we have Paris Campbell, like we have guys that can make vertical plays when given the opportunity, but for whatever reason, they just said that the Seahawks took it away. I'm like, well, teams are going to try to do that. You, you got to still push it down the field. Yeah. I thought the play calling was very questionable last week from the Colts. Personally, I know Derek kind of agrees with me there, but let's talk about the running game because. The Colts running game was not very good either last week. You know, the, the bread and butter for the Colts is being able to protect the quarterback well and also be able to run the football well. They weren't either able to do either of those things last week. I mean, they, they averaged like 3.3 3 yards per carry, which is very uncharacteristic of them. So I, I'm not, I'm not sure how good the Rams are against the run. I'm curious your thoughts on maybe how the Colts can attack with the, kind of the three-headed monster they have in Taylor and Hines and also in Mack, how they could potentially – attack and help Carson Wentz out so he's not one-dimensional and they're not having to pass it 30, 40 times this game. How can the Colts potentially um, look to, I don't know if it exposes the right word, but how can they look to potentially find a favorable matchup there? Yeah,
3: and, and this is since the season is still young, I, I don't know what kind of sample size we can draw from the Bears game, but essentially, in, so in 2020, the Rams were uh, the had the number one run defense. I think they allowed only three point something yards per carry. Um, and so this year against the the bears, they allowed 134 rushing yards and the Ram, the trick with the Rams and what made Brandon Staley so good last year was disguising the defense. And so essentially they would have like five man box or a light box a five or six man box, but still be really effective against the run. They tried that against the bears and the Bears racked up 134 yards. So the defensive line actually graded out really well, but they didn't have the supporting cast of linebackers or safeties right behind them for those runs. And David Montgomery broke off a 40-something yarder, which you know obviously skews the, the full numbers, right? But I think that the Rams are going to present a light box uh, to the Colts, but they're going to rotate their safeties and linebackers in their post-snap. So it just depends on if the Rams can execute on their plan Of presenting a light box but also stopping the run or if uh jonathan taylor or naheem hines can really get some daylight and and break something off so i think the it's it just kind of falls into the rams plan of like hey if you get a five yard run a, a two yard run uh a six yard run a three yard run right it's fine as long as you're not getting the 10 yard the 12 yard the 20 yard the you know 15 yard. so it's um it's the bend, don't break. It's the same thing with the pass. So I think, you know, I, it's really consistency in your offensive line opening holes. But I think I, I think it's a 50-50 proposition right now because based off how the Rams um, played against Chicago in that way. But, I mean, they held Andy Dalton 188 yards. So I think the Rams can live with Jonathan Taylor and Hines getting 134 yards combined, 150 yards combined, if Carson Wentz throws for 188 yards. Mm-hmm. So, kind of the trade off there.
4: Yeah, very true. I mean, if, I guess if that's one thing that Colts fans can get excited for, is that, you know, David Montgomery did have himself a good day against the Rams last week. So, that does kind of give some enthusiasm for the Colts because, you know, like we said, weren't able to run efficiently at all against the Seattle Seahawks. So, hopefully, we can establish that a little bit there. And, I mean, I overall like your defense. I mean, last week against the Bears, I mean, you guys had some really good tackle numbers. Three of your top four tacklers were guys in your secondary. You had Ramsey, Fuller, and Rapp all making ten tackles in that game. By the way, I love Jordan Fuller, Ohio State fan, so I absolutely love what Fuller's been able to do since he was drafted by you guys. I'm kind of jealous, to be honest. But, I mean, you, you guys overall, I mean – I think your bread and butter is your not only your defensive line, but your secondary. I mean, Fuller's come into his own, and you know Jalen Ramsey, one of the better lockdown corners in the NFL, no questions about that. I mean, is there is there any way to expose the Rams' secondary and finding ways to be able to get re- these receivers open? Because that was something that the Colts had an issue with in week one was getting separation. Is there any way the Colts can attack this secondary?
3: That's going to be tough. I think that's really not the route to go with unless they, Frank Wright can really scheme things up or whoever the offensive coordinator is really scheming things up because, I mean, that's the Rams defense is built around their secondary. I, so think of it like this, uh, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are, <laughs> there are two different universes for the in the defense for the Rams and the sun in each universe, one is Aaron Donald and one is Jalen Ramsey. <clears throat> And all the other players in those areas kind of revolve around those two. And Jalen Ramsey, what what we're seeing this year is that he is they're unleashing him in so many ways. Kind of how maybe you typically feel about like Derwin James is usage. Um Jalen Ramsey lined up, I want to say, 23 snaps in the slot last game. And then kind of like equal spread on the on the left and right side. So they basically want to move. They don't want to put him on an island. So it's not like, okay, Michael Pittman is your your best, your best wide receiver one, so we're just going to put him on Michael Pittman the whole game. He's going to sometimes maybe line up with uh, Mo Ali Cox or Jack Doyle or he'll spy a running back or he'll be on Pittman or Pascal or Campbell. Like they just basically they want to get him as close to the line of scrimmage and the action in the box as possible because the one cool thing about Jalen Ramsey, and this is – what I really started appreciating about him is how complete of a football player he is. His tackling is, like, for for a slender guy, you know, like it's just top notch, top notch. And so I think that the the Rams are, like I said, really built with their secondary. For so um, they don't. Kenny Young has really evolved into a like they really they're really high on him as a inside linebacker, and he's he played all the snaps for the Rams in the the first game along with rap and fuller and ramsey and darius williams but the like you said jordan fuller sixth round pick last year out of ohio state he wears the green dot so it just speaks to their philosophy of safeties being in control of the defense and calling the defense but also how in his second year a sixth rounder is basically like the captain play caller of the defense and so uh, that's why they were able to let John Johnson go, because their confidence in Jordan Fuller. Uh, Taylor Rapp is kind of a guy, like, almost a hybrid linebacker safety. He really excels at tackling, and he's not so much a coverage guy. And then Darius Williams, an undrafted free agent that they had last year, he just came onto the scene and was, I want to say, like a top 10, 15 cornerback in the league. So um, they, they really can rotate these guys around. Darius Williams even played – several snaps in the slot. So they don't really have a specific slot corner. All of their guys are very versatile. That's one thing that they preach. So they can move these guys around um, and they can shift and rotate pre and post snap uh, into different positions within the secondary. And it's it, that's that's really tough. I want to say last year, I don't really recall many plays where the Rams got beat deep. There was like a couple bl- like just blown coverages. But I think the secondary, that's going to be, I, I think, I, I really feel like, it's going to be a short game for the, for the Colts. If they try and stretch it, we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but they're going to have to really kind of scheme
2: something up. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Hmm. Yeah. You mentioned kind of the linebackers a little bit. Um, I'm curious how they are against the pass because the Colts have some uh, different options at tight end. You mentioned Mo Ali Cox. They have Jack Doyle. Who's more of just that reliable guy. They have Kylan Granton who they drafted. Who's more of that vertical guy down the field. Do you think the Colts could potentially uh, find some success going against some of these linebackers that you guys have? Yeah, I think that's a I I definitely think that would
3: be an area to attack mainly because of the difference in size. And that's what I thought last week against the Bears with Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet. I felt like that was an area for the Bears to exploit against the Rams. But um, and, you know, they caught the I want to say they 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 had a lot of receptions between Graham and Komet, but nothing big. So you know they 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 were hitting six seven eight yarders, but they weren't you know getting like Higby last week had like a thirty something yarder. So um, I, I think yes, the the Rams linebackers are really outside of Kenny Young who's improved. It's still kind of a question mark. I'd say it's the weaker spot on their defense. Um, so, uh, but but they they're not really playing. Uh, they're they're linebackers as much. They're kind of opting for more kind of like hybrid linebacker safety guys. Uh, they don't have that traditional like thumper, you know. And um, and so, yeah, I, I think I think that uh, the the Colts are really should really be. I, I think Carson Wentz's mobility. I think that might actually really be the key of getting them out, having them scramble a bit, um, and really I think that that's the dimension that really could be the wild card is how, how will Carson Wentz, um, how will his mobility kind of affect the game and uh, maybe extend plays where then they could, uh, they can hit some, some gold. gold with that. It was also against the Rams like four years ago when he tore his Achilles or his ACL, I think diving for the end zone when he was on the Eagles. So um, I didn't mean to bring up that painful memory, but, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> only uh, for the Eagles fans.
4: Only for the Eagles fans that watch these. <laughs> that's true. That's true, and uh, I, I really
3: do feel like it all everything will should flow through Hines and uh, and Taylor and Wentz's mobility. I kind of feel like those are the real the real strengths. Um, but yeah, I mean, you never know. Any given Sunday.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
4: Yeah. All right. So let's kind of switch to your offense. So, I mean, if you're if you're a Rams fan, then what you saw Sunday would definitely be something that You know, would make you definitely see a very bright light at the end of a tunnel. I mean, Matt Stafford, you know, 20 of 26 for 320 yards, three touchdowns, a dang near perfect uh, quarterback rating. I mean, it's about as close as you can get it. And I mean, overall, I mean, your receivers, you know, I mean, each receiver that you had that caught a ball on Sunday, each had a catch of over 15 yards. So, I mean, this, offense just from one game really i, I want to get to this the kind of the two question part here is do you believe that matt stafford with sean mcveigh now is able to open the offense and make it more explosive than what it was when jared goff was here originally and how how do you think the rams will continue to try to attack a Colts defense, which obviously struggled Week One against Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I think it's no
3: doubt that the the playbook is just open, and and I think the the easiest way to describe the difference between Goff and Stafford is that with McVeigh, Goff was a student and McVeigh was a teacher, and with Stafford, they're both peers. Uh, McVeigh and Stafford are both peers and mcveigh had to die had to basically draw everything up for jared goff and everything had to be perfect offensive line had to be perfect todd Gurley had to be like the best player like everything had to just be perfect for jared goff um he he has great arm talent but he can't process like matthew stafford processes and so i think with the playbook you know matthew you know you, you know the deal like you see philip rivers last year and he, you can tell he knows everything that's going to happen. He's in full command. Like if he had like a, if he had like a, you know, a 20, a 2010 Philip river river's arm, you know, it's a completely different story. Right. But, um, Matthew Stafford's like that. Right. So you don't, the coach doesn't, Frank Reich doesn't have to like teach anything to Philip rivers, Phillip rivers gets it. He knows what he's doing. And that's Matthew Stafford. So now, um, the Rams can do anything that Sean McVay wants to do. And the I think the the scary thing, if you're a Colts fan in a way, is that because Matthew Stafford had – there were two drives where they just threw bombs and they didn't have any plays. The Rams' time of possession was not that long because they just had quick strikes. Is that, you know, the Rams are still like maybe just on page one of the playbook because they didn't run that many plays. So, you know, you didn't see any – so that stuff you saw – um, that the Seahawks are doing last week because uh, the Seahawks have Shane Waldron, the Rams ex, like um, one of the offensive uh, coordinator assistants. Uh, you saw a lot of stuff from the Sean McVay playbook last week, the motion, the sweeps, all these things. That's like classic McVay, classic Rams with Goff, but they didn't do that against the bears because they didn't have enough. <laughs> they didn't run as many plays. So I think that in terms of scouting the Rams offense, it's still, A mystery in terms of what they can do, um, assuming that they can do anything. Um, And uh, I can't remember the second part of your question, but I think uh, it's just uh, it's it's a breath of fresh air. I I think speaking about the receivers, I think that's going to be whenever I look at a team that the Rams play, I look at the the team's secondary because it's really a pick your poison. You have Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh, Van Jefferson, who is emerging uh, Deshaun Jackson and Tutu Atwell, if they decide to play him, I think he's been really named uh, a punt returner now for now, but, uh, you have all those guys and Daryl Henderson can catch out of the backfield and Tyler Higbee, Matthew Stafford loves tight end. So it's almost like, who are you going to cover? I mean, the Rams, I saw crazy formations in that first game where, you know, Daryl Henderson and Deshaun Jackson and Tyler Higbee and, like Robert Woods were all lined out wide and it's kind of like, that's insane. Like, what is this? So, you know, Van Jefferson second rounder from last year catches that bomb. So I think it's just your second Xavier Rhodes. I think to me, aside from your offensive line guys, that's like the guy you don't want to miss against the Rams um, because you need, you need the secondary help kind of more than anything. I, I would really say, I dare the Rams to run it, as opposed to passing it, because um, you know the offensive line. We have a new center, and it's still you know Daryl Henderson. It's his first time having like the job, being the man. So it's almost like uh, you know, I, I if I'm if I'm the Colts, I would kind of let the see if the Rams can run it and try and stop the pass.
2: Yeah, well, that makes total sense. Um, I, I'm curious, you know, talking about sticking with the pass. Do you think the Colts have any chance at all to get any um, any pressure on Matthew Stafford, maybe knock him out of a rhythm early? Because obviously the Colts have to force Buckner, who now is fully healed from that injury. He had last year, he still played through it. And they have guys like Quiddy Pay, who they drafted. Um Kamoko Tori's been limited back in practice. He didn't play week one. So the Colts get back a little bit of juice there. If there were some positions that you think the Colts could potentially look to go after, what would those be?
3: I think that's Buckner honestly I remember him from his days in San Fran and he was a he was a force then and like I said the Rams are starting uh I said I mean he he got some starting reps like two years ago he wasn't great then he was injured for like a year and a half and some people thought he might even be cut this I'm talking about Brian Allen and he was a the first player in the NFL to get COVID but he was already on like injured reserve so it didn't matter but um so he was kind of an afterthought, and then he won the job in camp because the Rams had let go of their their center from last year, Austin Blythe. And so he was based, he's still kind of an unknown, even though he did all right against Akeem Hicks for the Bears. So I think if you're DeForest Buckner, you're lining up over Brian Allen, and I'm sure the Rams are going to try and put some help over there. But in terms of Quiddy Pay, if he's playing, our tackles are pretty strong, Andrew Whitworth. Is just rock solid on the left side, and um, Rob Havenstein on the right side did a really good job against Khalil Mack last week, and he's he's a solid right right tackle for us. So I think our tackles are the the better offensive lineman that we have. Um, our, our offensive line is solid. It, you know, it's not the greatest, but it's solid. And but the center is the weak spot if I had to choose one, and I think that's DeForest Buckner City. Um, so, yeah, I, I think maybe bringing in some blitzes, you know, that would probably, you know, disguising some blitzes, that would really be the key. But also Matthew Stafford, like Jared, if this was a Jared Goff Rams team, you could get to him. He's a statue more than Philip Rivers is a statue and uh, and he he can't anticipate pressure. But Matthew Stafford is different. I'm seeing already. He can move around a little bit. to just to avoid getting hit as much. So. Um, I'm not too familiar with with uh, other interior linemen or edge players for the the Colts, though. So, like, in your opinion, outside of Quidipe and DeForest Buckner, who else could could be bringing the heat?
4: Well, I mean, I could certainly tell you for the run game and all purposes. Uh, that's also Grover Stewart, who basically a lot of times plays the one tech for us. You know, he's a big guy. We paid him this last offseason, three-year, $30 million contract, one of the better run-stopping defensive tackles in the NFL alongside of a DeForest Buckner. So, I mean, you know, you saying that the interior of the offensive line for the Rams is kind of a weak spot makes me feel a little better having those two guys there in the middle to prevent that kind of push. But then again, at the same time, You know, the Colts had that and then last week just gave up nearly 100 yards to Chris Carson. So I don't necessarily have too much uh, faith in that at the moment in time. But yeah, nevertheless, those guys are in there. Uh, Taylor Stallworth is another one that's kind of coming in as a backup. The edge guys, you know, it really just depends who's going to be healthy. I mean, if al Qadi Muhammad's not going to play, I don't know. You know Tyquan Lewis, who's our guy right now. uh, He's more of our second edge guy. You know he plays the run pretty well, so but hasn't been the most consistent guy getting pressure. Kamoko Torre hasn't really practiced much yet, and he hasn't really done much. So you know the edge guys is very very uncertain for the Indianapolis Colts. You just you're looking at more of the interior of the defensive line from Buckner and Stewart creating that kind of pressure.
2: Yeah, I will say that the Colts have a lot of talent on the edge. They just have a lot of unproven talent right now. Like, you know, Kamoko Tura, you mentioned a couple of years ago, he's one of the best edge rushers in the league. Then he got injured. He's now just finally, you know, that was 2019. So he's just now finally getting fully back to being healthy, right? Which is kind of wild to think about. And then you got guys like Ben Banagu who was a second-round pick a few years ago, who's shown flashes but really hasn't, lived up to that second round billing. So the Colts have some talent there, I would say, but nobody's really come on and been the guy in terms of pass rushers. Um, but the Colts do play in waves. A lot of times they do have guys that are maybe more well-rounded three, you know, well-rounded players. Like you mentioned to Tyquan Lewis, Derek, he's more of a, he can do a little bit of both for you. He's not maybe great at either, but he's solid at both. And then you got guys like Ture, who's more of a pass rush specialist. So yeah, I would say for sure that's where the Colts are going to probably do more damage in the interior, especially if your guys' tackles are more, you know, better than the you know than they are in the interior. I definitely think that's going to be maybe a point where the Colts could potentially get some pressure early and continue to get some pressure throughout this game. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's going to be a fun battle, uh, regardless, because there's a lot of uh, talent on both sides of this these teams, and I'm really looking forward to it, man. It's going to be fun to see. Uh, first off you know can the Colts get to Matthew Stafford you know we we know how good he can be when he's not pressured but when we saw last year when when the Colts were able to get to him when they played the Lions I mean they were able to beat them soundly so you know obviously the Rams a lot more talented than the Lions were last year so I do anticipate Stafford looking really good again but uh, it's going to be a fun battle man I'm really looking forward to it yeah me too and I'm also wondering like so
3: Darius Leonard right I know he's a beast, but what did Is he just an all-around linebacker or does he excel more against, I guess, diagnosing the run or in coverage? Like, you know, kind of walk me through a little Darius Leonard, Mm -hmm. like, you know, because I'm thinking of Daryl Henderson and a running game. And so is that where Darius Leonard really kind of comes up and, and really plugs those holes from a linebacker position? Or is he more of like, you know, sticking with the tight end or is he just so great at
4: both? Well, I would definitely say he's more of a run stopping linebacker. Uh, It's where he's made his bread and butter. uh, Rookie year led the league in tackles. I think in in 2019, you know, he was a top 10 PFF's top 10 best coverage guys in all of the NFL. It wasn't just corners. It was Darius Leonard was number 10 out of. He was beating corners. So you know, this guy was really good in 2019 at that. 2020 was a little bit of a different story that he wasn't as good at that as everybody else was, but still was able to make plays. I mean, that's where another place that Darius Leonard gets a lot of love is his ability to create turnovers. It's so one thing he did do against Seattle was the one turnover that Seattle had all game, Darius Leonard punched the ball out of Chris Carson's hands. And he's done that a lot. He does that a lot. So if you're if you're a Rams coach and you're talking to Daryl Henderson, you are reminding him to never let that ball leave uh, his side because if it leaves it for a second and, and, you know, Leonard's coming in, then Leonard's going to snap that ball right out of his hand. Cause that's just what he does. Uh, and he does a really good job at it. So, I mean, you know, all around, all around great athlete, all around does everything that you want him to, you know, he's just more of, in my opinion, more of a run-stopping guy because he knows where to uh, plug the correct hole and how to read the offensive linemen when they're uh, blocking.
2: Yeah, but I yeah. will say, like, if offensive linemen can get their hands on him, they can handle him because he's not that big, right? He's like 220, so, like, they can get pretty – he's more of the guy that's, you know, built on that speed and that quickness, and he can make those decisive plays, but – you know what, like if, if the offensive lineman can get to the second level, they can they can block it. I'm just going to say that because he's not that big of a player. But you're right, Derek. I mean, he's a guy that he just creates turnovers wherever he is. You know, it's like when you when you need a turnover the most, Darius Leonard seems like he's always there um, creating some sort of play. So, yeah, that would definitely be something that you say, even to anybody, anybody who's holding the ball, you say watch out for Leonard because that dude, his tomahawk chop is next level. Man. Yeah, I mean, he just really, comes
4: in with that thing and just knocks it straight out. Yeah,
2: and that's something the Colts really were good at last year as was creating turnovers. It's a little bit surprising they didn't create more, honestly, last week against the Seahawks Um, because that was something that they were really, really good at, and it's just weird that they – so I do wonder how much last week was just first-week jitters, you know, and there's going to be some things that maybe they didn't do well last week that they're going to do a little bit better at now that they're, you know, fully have a week under their belt and kind of figuring things out because they were – last year they were one of the best run defenses as well and they really, really struggled last week against Chris Carson. And I don't think that's going to be a trend that keeps happening. I feel like the Colts have too much talent to continue to let that happen. But, you know, things like that, I just wonder for both sides, were there flukes? You know, what are things that are actually true about both these teams? I mean, based off of what 2020 was, the Colts did not play anywhere to their strengths a week ago.
3: Yeah, that was a bummer. I was really hoping you guys would beat Seattle. I really disliked Seattle. And, um, yeah, I, I was telling Derek before, though, like, the, the, two, the two touchdowns of Tyler Lockett, those were the backbreakers. And that's why I was just curious about your secondary, especially without Rhodes, if he's not playing. Um, how do you, how, walk me through your secondary, because, you know, I'm not familiar with uh, most of those guys.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: Yeah, so I'll start here, Derek. You know, it was so weird. Like, the guys that were supposed to not let the big plays happen— Well, specifically, Kari Willis, who I know. The first one was just an amazing play by Tyler Lockett. I'll just call it what it is. But the second play was just a miscommunication back there. Um, It was just rare. Like, you didn't see that a whole lot last year. The Colts were pretty good at not allowing those big, big explosive plays. I would say that there is a place that the Rams can really attack with all their wide receivers. It is the secondary. It is the corners because the Colts don't have a lot of proven depth right now behind Xavier Rhodes. I mean, Rocky Sin, he's been really up and down since the Colts drafted him a couple years ago. They got some unproven guys that I thought looked pretty decent, you know, all things considered. So a lot of this corner group are very young guys. You do have Kenny Moore, who is really, really good for the Colts. He's probably the best slot corner in the league. But beyond that, there's a lot of unproven guys at corner right now. So I do think the Rams potentially – could expose that those young corners for sure.
3: Yeah, I mean that's and that's interesting because uh, you know the Rams have one of the best slot receivers in the game in Cooper Cup. And they, mm-hmm. they can they can slide him everywhere, but he's he really is a slot guy, and um, he's such a student of the game and just he's you know so good yards after the catch and uh, such a smart guy. So that that will be a good matchup. I always mm-hmm. um, last year I always looked at who's the slot a corner uh, for all the opponents the Rams played just because I felt like, you know, that the Cooper cup connection, especially with golf, uh, would tell a lot, but Cooper cup and Matthew Stafford have a, a connection as well. But that's, that's really good to know because, you know, the Rams, uh, Matthew Stafford will be taking shots down the field. And um, so I think the, the Colts, uh, you know, it would be, it would be behoove them to, to play play a little deeper, some cover too, and may, try not to let the, the Rams get behind them. Um, so I think it's just going to be a really good chess match because, you know, last week with the Colts um, and the Seahawks, it I when I watched the game, it just, I think like you guys, I just did not expect the Colts to kind of be so sluggish with some, in some areas on defense. And I don't expect to see that. I don't expect that to continue really. So um, yeah, that, that it's, but the secondary for the Colts would be the one, if I'm the Rams i would try to, to try to attack, but I, I have a feeling that they're going to really try and get the run game going. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they run an outside zone. So if, uh, you know, that might be running right into Darius Leonard a lot um, on the outside there. So uh, if Cam Akers was in there, it'd be a little bit more gap and power, but uh, Henda was more of a zone. Sony Michelle, still getting uh, acclimated to the offense and he only had like a handful of snaps last week. So I wonder if we'll get more Sony Michelle. So I I think, you know, maybe after the first four games of the season, we'll really know who, what our teams are, but uh, this is still kind of unknown territory.
2: Yeah. Yeah. One thing I forgot to mention, and I don't know if you mentioned it already, Derek, you know, the Colts kind of their first half was really bad for their defense. The second half though, they did really, really well on defense. Like, if the offense would have stayed with how they were looking in the first half, I mean, I think that game would have been a lot closer. I think the Colts actually might have pulled out that game with how well that Colts defense was playing for whatever reason. And even going back to last year, the Colts defense has had really like two tail of two different halves type of games. It's really strange. Like, you know, the first half, they allow 21 points, they allow two big touchdowns. Second half, they allow seven points and they create a couple turnovers, they get a couple sacks. So, I mean, it's always interesting how this Colts defense seems to re- rebound back after, if especially if they do struggle. I mean, they did it last year against Cincinnati, where they just were getting shredded in the first half by Joe Burrow. Second half, they, they, they just came to play. So, it's interesting the second half adjustments that the defense somehow continues to make. But our biggest gripe has been, well, why can't you do that from the first snap and not the first snap in the second half, you know? So, yeah.
3: Yeah. And, and that's the thing last year, the Rams were amazing defensively in the second half and Brandon Staley always made the adjustments in the second half. And I think the Rams held opponents to like lead lead low in second half points. And so I, I, and this year against the bears, uh, I think after at the four minute mark in the third quarter, the bears didn't score any again. And so I think it's the second half adjustments for the Rams as well, but um yeah, I, I also looking at the Colts game last week. I think, in addition to those stops uh, that that the Colts made in the second half, had I think had Frank Reich opted for field goals a couple times, I think that game. I mean, that's really where I, I feel the game went off the rails. Was um, I was it at the end of the first half or whenever? Um, yeah, there were two field goal opportunities that um, that they passed up, and it could have been a very a much closer game. Yeah, the
2: watch yeah. snap was not fun to watch. Yeah, it um, wasn't. I was no, there. I was, I was, I was not yeah, happy. Yeah, you at the
4: game, actually. I was not but, there. I did not want to uh, – yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll refrain from talking about that. I don't want to talk about it anymore because in case the Carson Wentz haters find it. Okay, so one final question here before we get into score predictions for this game. Talk about your special teams really quick. Uh, your kicking unit, talk about your return unit and your punting unit. Where where does that all stand for you guys right now?
3: Well, first of all, I just want to congratulate the Colts on getting Rodrigo Blankenship, because he was the guy that I was hoping the Rams the Rams drafted this guy Samuel Sloman last year in the drafted him, and while Rodrigo Blankenship was a like unsigned free agent, and I was like what, and everyone knew Rodrigo Blankenship because he was like the best kicker in college. And no one knew who the Sam Sloman dude was. And he was terrible for the Rams. He was terrible. And the whole time I was like, why didn't we draft Rodrigo Blankenship instead? So I just have a little soft spot in my heart for Rodrigo because he's also like a really amazing guy. And then um, so so we signed Matt Gay last year after our kicker woes. Like we went through Kai Forbath. And, like you know, when you don't have a kicker, it just can go south like in a hurry. And so we got Matt Gay and he was awesome. He was, was like, we found our, our Greg Zerline again. And so hes he, he started off to see, he did great last week. I think he hit a 53 yarder. And, um, and so our kicker is fine. Um, last year, our special teams uh, units, both in coverage and return were atrocious. We had Cooper Cup returning punts because apparently the Rams didn't, they forgot that we needed a punt returner. And so this year Tutu Atwell is going to be the punt returner. They will say they, the reason why they had Cooper Cup last week returned a punt was because they just wanted a fair catch it. And they just wanted to make sure that Cooper Cup just caught the ball. So uh, Tutu Atwell is the returner. So we have yet to see. So that's uh, what we'll, we'll see. But the Rams got a new special teams coordinator guy from the Jags and the Broncos, who's great resume supposedly. So we'll see, but with the first opening kickoff against the bears, bears run it back to the 50 yard line. So I, I really think that in coverage, we, the the jury is still out. Um, and, and then with our punt and kick return, who knows, but our, our, our place kicker, Mac is good. So that's the one, that's the one spot I can definitively say we're okay at in special teams. So, I mean, that's, so, you know, big sigh on, on special teams. So and I know Rodrigo's great. So I think this is going to, you know, we both feel good about our kickers, but how about your special teams in, in terms of return and coverage? Go ahead, Gotti.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we have one of the best in the league, honestly. Um, you know, Rodrigo's obviously really good. Rigoberto, so we have Rodrigo and Rigoberto both on our team. It's kind of hard. Sometimes I forget which one's which, and I have to just stop and think for a second. But uh, Rigoberto is I mean, I think he's right up there with any punter in the league. I, w- I would wager he's he's one of the best punters in the league. I mean, this dude is just consistently booming punts. I mean, he, in some ways, and again, I know it's probably a little bit extreme. He's giving me the Pat McAfee vibes where he's just, he's dominant, man. He's He's really a weapon that the Colts can use in their punting department. And just because he doesn't have that kind of personality where he's outgoing, he doesn't get noticed as much as Pat McAfee did. But he's just, he's really a really fantastic punter. And I think the Colts do have some upside in terms of their kicking, kick return department. It's kind of funny, like years ago, the Colts, it, it's been forever since I've been excited about any returners for the Colts, but Colts have a couple guys to be excited about. Naheem Hines has primarily been more of that guy in terms of more of the, the punt return department. Right. And he's, he's electric. A couple of years ago, returned a couple for touchdowns. I think, I think since 2018 or 2019, one of those years, he's had like the best punt return average of anybody in the league. So. I mean, he's absolutely fantastic as a partner returner, and the Colts kind of go by committee. I think a little bit with the kick return department more Isaiah Rogers has been recently. He was a, he's, he actually played a lot more with Xavier Rose out last week, but last year primarily handled those kick return departments, had a kick return for a touchdown last year in the Cleveland Browns game. So ultimately I do feel good about where the Colts are in terms of um, their special teams, especially the returners. And there's a lot more to be excited about, I think, than in recent years. So Excited for both those guys for sure. Nice.
3: Uh, I, I have one last thing to add about the Rams special team, which I think you'll find interesting. So I don't know if you're aware of our punter, Johnny Hecker, mm. but yeah. he's been like the longest tenured Ram and fans love him. And he's been really good. He's like our number one pro bowler in terms of how many times he's been at the pro bowl. Um, so he was, I, he, he gets four, he makes four mil a year. So coming into camp, the Rams brought in another guy, Corey Bajorquez, who played last year in the NFL and actually was really good, but he wasn't on a team. So they brought him in and they faked a punter competition to everyone. And at the end, and so Bajorquez was like amazing in preseason. Like he was was the one playing and he was booming punts everywhere. And then, right before roster cuts, Les Need made a deal with—I uh, can't remember what team—and traded Bajorquez for a sixth rounder. And it just came out that that was the whole plan: was to yeah. just flip a camp, a training, a, a, a training camp punter into a pick <laughs> and keep because the whole time the fans are like, "Oh my gosh, can you believe the Rams might?" Cut Hecker in favor of this guy, and not because we didn't like this guy, but because Hecker is like a fan favorite. And the whole time, Les Need was just just doing it to get a six
4: round pick. <laughs> so fleece somebody out of a six round pick for a punter—that's insane.
3: But <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you this: not only like being a Rams fan has been fun because they've been good the last couple of years, but. Their front office and their organization is so different in in a lot of regard and how they operate, you know, trading the first-round picks, but using the compensatory pick formula and hitting on those the Jordan Fullers, the Cooper Cups, like all these mid-round guys, and just keeping the machine going, um, It's it's really been like they traded Marcus Peters away for this guy, Kenny Young, linebacker, who was a throw in and now he's playing 60, all 69 snaps last week and has really ascended to like our guy at the linebacker position. So the front office, I think for the Rams has really been like really interesting in in building this team and positioning to the Rams uh, to where they are. Gotcha.
4: All right. Well, I guess it's time for, everybody's favorite time of the day for this and that is the score predictions for today uh Trent will have you go first Cody'll go after him and then I'll go last all right i I'm
3: going I think the Rams will get three touchdowns and two field goals so I think they're gonna have 27 and the Colts that's really hard for me to say but I feel like the Colts are gonna have 17. I think two touchdowns and maybe a field goal, Um, something in that range. I I think the real difference in this game is going to be Carson Wentz' ball security.
2: Okay. Cody, go ahead. Well, um, unfortunately, I'm one for one in my predictions. So um, hopefully I'm wrong this week. But, yeah, I mean, with all the injuries right now to the Colts, uh, it's hard for me to predict them to go out and win this game. I know how well they, they do after a loss like that. But also, I just got to factor in they just they're just beat up right now. Um, and the Rams are a very good team, I'll give them credit where it's due. So, I'm gonna go probably 35 17 Rams, and I think that might be going generous because the Rams are a, a Super Bowl contender, and the Colts right now they didn't look like a Super Bowl contender last week, and they're banged up. So, it's unfortunate, I don't want to go that way, but I have to be realistic too, you know. Well, Trent took my score, so I can't do that one anymore. Okay, I'll change it.
4: Twenty-seven. No, no, I got you. It's good. I, I, I have a, I have a different number in mind. I, uh, I think that this will be a little bit higher than what some people will uh, expect it to be. At least on the Colts end of things, uh, I think it's going to be thirty-one to twenty Rams. Uh, I just think that again, the Rams are just—they're just, just going to score. You know, there's, I just don't think there's any way that they, that they don't, given how banged up our corner room is right now and just uh, how messed up our offense is right now. I mean, I still expect us to score a few touchdowns, but I think that we'll get a few extra uh, field goals this time around. I think maybe uh, Reich won't be quite as aggressive on those fourth downs this time as he was in the week prior, given what happened
2: there. So
4: I'll go with 31-20 uh, to 20 Rams here. But uh, anyways, guys, that's going to do it for this week's preview of the Colts versus the Rams. want to thank Trent Rams Talk for talking with us today. Thank you so much for joining us today and talking uh, Rams and Colts football. Hey, thanks for having me on. And, and just remember, the Jets
3: beat the Rams last year. Anything is possible.
4: Yes, it is the NFL. It, any team can win any given Sunday. We do know that one. Yeah. Yeah. Best of luck, guys. Thanks for having me on, Cody. You want to Cody?
2: You want to give him uh, your famous slogan? Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I've been a little bit beat down from last week's loss. So, uh, but this is what I tell everybody. I'll tell you as well. um, Good luck on Sunday, but not too much luck because we want to win, man. We're tired of of losing in the first couple weeks. So please. uh, We'd love uh, you guys to give us a win because we know you guys are going to win a lot of games this year. So.
4: Yeah, you guys can afford to lose one. It's okay. You, you're going to win 12 games regardless.
2: <laughs> hey, the NFC
4: West is
3: an arms race, man. Like, you can't lose ground. So, uh, yeah, I think it's like every whenever I'm t- talking to other uh, you know YouTubers out there, no one wants to say, like, best of luck. So it's more like have a good game or like how do you wish someone well but not – well enough to win. So yeah. <laughs> <Right>.
2: We just <laughs> pray no injuries happen to your team. Yeah. We well, exactly. We can all get behind that.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let us know what your thoughts are. Thank you all for the support. And as always, go Colts. Go Rams.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why?